Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Steed. I cover the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the Cambridge Blue Jays, the Deerfield Demons, and the McFarland Spartans. My name is Peter Limblad. I cover the Wanakee Warriors, the Forest Norskies, Point at Pumas, and Lodi Blue Devils. And back again from Vegas, Ryan Gregory, <laughs> the Sun Prairie Schools, Marshall, and Waterloo. I could kind of <laughs> tell this episode 77, right? 77. Uh, that's what I thought. Uh, I kind of noticed. Not, not the normal pep in the step for you this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this Norm- <laughs> normally you come on with a feisty intro this week. You're kind of just lying down. Yeah, I'm still recovering as far as sleep schedule goes. I'm still pretty offbeat there. And um, I, I didn't eat a whole lot in Vegas, so I'm like... I'm like getting refed. I'm just kind of like getting my feet back <laughs> underneath me. It's uh, it's been a transition period that has lasted from <laughs> Sunday night until now. <laughs> well, so um, first, uh, you so you take a bachelor uh, uh, trip out to Vegas for a bachelor party. Uh, was that planned that it was the same time as the Super Bowl weekend, or was that something that just kind of popped up? It was on purpose to do it the weekend before, so oh. that we wouldn't be out there as right. like the whole world was. Yeah, I figured the bet. Uh, we all figured the best chance for like prices not being astronomical yeah. was like right before Super Bowl week, mm. and we were wrong. Things were expensive, <laughs> <Yeah>. but uh, <laughs> it's, it's probably just Vegas as a whole. Just it's, it's not a cheap place to hang out. No. <laughs> yeah, and I was wondering uh, with everybody, I didn't know how many networks would be out there. Were you able to rub elbows or anything with any big shot networks? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I was writers. hanging out with uh, ESPN. <laughs> uh, the hey, Athletic. I'm Ryan Gregory. Yep. Nice Cap City you. Sportscast. <laughs> you might have heard of us. Yeah, I'm sure that you've li- you're one of our thirty listeners. So uh, good to see you. Oh, well, glad to have you back in the saddle. Um, glad to be home. Yeah, one hundred percent. This was a question I kind of asked Peter as well too, uh, because I think you did it at the right time where you requested off before things got really hectic. Because I had asked the question to Peter because I had a couple friends that were trying to, you know, uh, do like you know, know, like or a cabin in, in the Dells. I listen. Oh yeah, I yeah, listen. Oh wow, yeah, I listen. So. Wow. All right, glad you were making sure. Glad we didn't talk bad about him on the Yeah, podcast. right. That's the main reason I listened. I'm like, who's going to be talking some crap about me now that I missed an episode? But, um, yeah, question goes to you. You know, how do you, like, manage things um, for, like, you know, taking time off? But then also, too, like, do you try to, like, plan your schedule around, like, big events that are happening and, like, you know, say, like, a state tournament run possibly? And how do you go about it? I just kind of let life roll as it as it may. Like I wrote six stories in Vegas. Like I brought my laptop with me, and um, I every morning I woke up fairly early. I would go to the gym. I worked out. I had breakfast, and I would I would make sure that all things were aligned with work while I was doing that. Because wow. you know it's hard to be gone that long and just be like, well, no laptop. Yeah. Work will figure itself out when I get home. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it, it's kind of like. Life and work have become intermeshed, <laughs> whereas, like, you know, it's <laughs> it's so important to have a work-life balance. I don't. They're two of the same at this point to me, and, I'm, you know, that'll probably eventually get annoying, but uh, in this stage of my life, it's the <laughs> easiest way to make it work. I just kind of, you know, when I want to do something, I do it, but I always make sure that my ducks are in line, and I will bring this silly little laptop with me to make sure that happens. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's one of the things, you know, we try to uh, avoid the grind sometimes, but, you know, we, we chose the grind. The right? grind is unavoidable <laughs> at times. We, we, we signed up for this, all right? <laughs> yep. And so on a little bit more of a positive note, though, with it being Super Bowl weekend, obviously, the, or I mean, I guess I should say the big game. Uh, I don't yeah, want, a lawsuit. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I do not want some Prairie Media Center <laughs> at a publishing group to get sued. I apologize for that. 
Um, but yeah, big game coming up this weekend. What has been your guys' favorite NFL championship game to watch? Either it could be when you watched it in real time or highlights. Mm. What is your favorite? 1985. Yeah. Put you on the yeah. spot. All right. I mean... Uh, uh, I don't know. I I, I go back and I, I should have prepped you guys for this. I go I back and forth was between was it ninety six when Favre won his or two thousand ten. I don't. I, I I really enjoyed that two thousand ten year though because they kind of they didn't come out of nowhere, but they had all those injuries, and so they started out not so good, and then they caught fire, and it was just it was such a fun team to watch. I really enjoyed that year. So but but guys, man, I'll you tell you, like the Homer picks, man. Yeah, I but it's gonna be like. I, I mean, just recently, I've seen you know uh, clips on Twitter of like Desmond Howard returning that touchdown against the Patriots, and that oh, that gets me every time. <laughs> Brings back memories. I was gonna, you know, what, still, I think my favorite Super Bowl of all, all time does not involve the Packers at all. Seahawks Patriots, twenty fourteen. Yeah, that's I mean, a good come one. Come on. Down, oh, down, the down uh, Marshawn Lynch? Yeah, yeah, not giving him the not ball. Not giving him Malcolm the ball. Butler, and then Jermaine Curse uh. with that crazy catch as well, too. I mean, just phenomenal football. Steelers-Cardinals was a big formative one for oh, me as well. That, that was that, a good one. James yeah. Harrison with a 99-yard oh, pick yeah, six. Yeah. That game ruled. That was a pretty yeah. good Super Bowl, and that was, like, as I was figuring out, like, football fandom. And that was uh, mm. also a uh, – Great moment because uh, my dad and I won uh, some money on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, involves Super Bowl squares. Potentially involves gambling, <laughs> may or may not. Um, <laughs> you know, this was obviously a time back then. But, yeah, James Harrison running it all the way back. Mm-hmm. And, my, and they were reviewing it for a good three minutes to make sure he stepped out. And we still needed the extra point as well, too. And my dad yep. was like, are they going to kick the extra point? I'm like, I think so. I think so. It just, that still brings back fun memories. Yep. It's, it's not my favorite Super Bowl, but uh, – one of my one of the most memorable for me is the Falcons losing that big oh. halftime lead to the oh. Patriots. Yep. I really wanted the Falcons to I win that. The I think everyone oh. did. Yeah. And for them to lose in that fashion, it's just heartbreaking. I still had a tweet up that my MVP prediction was not only it was going to be Falcons were going to win, but Mohamed Sanu was going to be the MVP, <laughs> which a wild guess. Yeah. And he had one catch for 12 yards, I'm pretty sure, in that <laughs> yep. game. And, uh, That's I was a like, bad nah. prop bet. I was like, Julio's <laughs> going to get all the attention in the yeah, world. Yeah. And he, I mean, Julio balled out. Yeah. yeah. What a Super Bowl that was. Uh, but, mm. hey, that's enough. I mean, a, a big game, I should say, for that. I, I got to stop saying that. I really hope they don't sue us. <laughs> I think that we'll be fine. I don't know. Yeah. NFL tries to get <laughs> Don't report us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone be cool. Yeah. yeah be just, cool. <laughs> we yeah. enjoy the big game. Just watch the big game. Buy some yeah. sponsorship stuff. You could say the Super Game, the Big Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Who's uh, to say? The Big Kahuna. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So enough of all that so that way we don't get sued. We, we're here to talk high school sports, right? Sure and are. So, and Ryan, as much as you were very much under the weather, you actually got to see two good games uh, between oh, yeah. uh, Poinette and Waterloo. But then yep. also I feel like the big game, though, because I went through your Twitter and I was checking out all the highlights. Sun Prairie East, Sun Prairie West. What a battle. Yeah, we're going to start at East West 100% because – Maybe because two of my teams, first of all, but it was, you know, last year West obviously had, they took every player with any varsity experience from the split of Sun Prairie. And so they just beat up on the Cardinals both times they met last year. I think the second game they won by like 26, like Mm -hmm. just not even a basketball game. And so obviously there's a chip on all these Sun Prairie East kids' shoulders because they were all sophomores playing their first varsity basketball and West was just 
dunking on them, thro- like throwing down, beat them on their own court by 26. Um, and so in the in the rematch, obviously Chris Davis Jr., West's superstar, is leading the state in scoring. They hold him to a season-low 26. Um, Which is just a crazy that season. Is crazy. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I would love to have quiet. that season Yeah, low. no kidding. Uh, but uh, the, the referees played such a huge part in this game, which you hate to – even discuss in a high school game because these guys are getting paid like a $20 stipend and they're taking yeah. time out of their night. But it, it truly was because Chris Davis Jr. and another uh, fantastic junior they have, Tyler Haney, fouls very quickly. I mean, I think Davis Jr. had three in the first half. Haney had four in the first half. Like, just almost immediately eliminated two of their three best scorers. And so, Sumper East at one point leads by, I think, 16 points in this game in the first half. Like, um, Jay Lithjohn, uh, Sun Prairie East se- senior guard, hit five threes in this game and finished runner-up for game high with 25 points. Just erupted, what was going blow for blow with Davis Jr., which not a lot of guys in the state can say that they have done so far this year. It was a fantastic game, but, um, you know, Sun Prairie West kind of said, screw it, we don't care if the refs are calling us tight, we're going to pick up the defensive intensity in the second half. And in doing so, East just couldn't stop turning the ball over. That like, not even just um, throwing like stealable balls, but just throwing the ball straight out of bounds. They were panicked, mm. weren't ready for the moment. As West is is still the more athletic team, and they were just getting in passing lanes, frustrating everything. East really struggled to score, and um, West it wasn't all just. The Davis Jr. show, he missed a lot of the second half with more foul trouble. Mm, oh. So it was guys like Casey Wambach, their baseball star, uh, that is also a very good player for them. Mike Williams, the transfer, put up, a, I think, eight points in a row, just scoring out of nowhere. Uh, Tavian Crawford with a big game, and West storms back, and they win 76-73 to on East Court. They storm it when the, when the buzzer hits zero. The Cardinals had two shots at the buzzer from three and missed them both, just – you know, it the, the rival, what I uh, what my lead was in the story was that the rivalry finally lived up to it. Mm. Last year it wasn't real close. This felt like a crosstown. We don't like you, you don't like us. <laughs> These are the two top teams in the Big Eight, and it you know mm. it, it all lived up to it. It was uh, one of the best high school basketball games and environments I've ever been a part of. Yes, environments <laughs> play a huge factor yeah. in it. Like mm. parents, students, like get into it. It's fun. That's what adds to the big feel environment to it. When I was watching the final clip, though, it was funny. I forget. Uh, I don't want to call him out, and, you know, I don't know what number it was, but on that final Sun Prairie East shot, uh, on that rebound, one of the players from Sun Prairie West was just watching it, mm. and uh, the player on East was able to get the rebound, and when I was watching, I was like, oh, man, you know, this could be huge. And, but luckily he had good closeout defense, so, you know, mm. uh Negative, Drew Cavanaugh picked up picked up that board. You'll recognize that name from football. Yeah, negative yeah. turns into a positive, but uh, yeah, just a lot of fun to watch, go through and watch the oh, highlights of it. So, what a game! Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, while you were out in Vegas, uh, Pierre and I had kind of touched a little bit about the uh, potential Badger Larch matchup that was happening between Monona Grove and Wanakee. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, Peter, you had said earlier, you know, on the previous podcast, you know, Wanakee. Uh, physical, they've got a bunch of length, you know, like just a bunch of stuff. And I thought, you know, you really hit the nail on the top of the head when yeah. I was watching Want to Keep Play. I mean, they came out and pressed defense that kind of really uh, forced MG into a couple turnovers early. And, you know, MG kind of struggled to get their footing going. And that was kind of what you had mentioned a little bit with, you know, the length and everything like that. But Monona Grove kind of battled, chipped away, and 
sure enough, you know, they, I think, at one point had a lead end of the first half. Wanakee got a shot to go right before the buzzer. They took a 32-31 lead, I want to say, mm. um, at half, and then they came out firing second half, made a couple threes. Uh, Monona Grove was kind of struggling a little bit, scuffling a little bit, and then it kind of looked like Wanakee was going to run away with it in the second half. You know, they're up double digits. I think uh, Monona Grove head coach Dan Zwiefel took a timeout, and I kind of tell, like, there's a sense of a little bit of, like, uh, this kind of is, like, getting away from us a little bit. But mm. Monona Grove battled back, and all of a sudden I looked up, and I'm like, God, this game's still within single digits. Mm. Uh, Lucas Savaldi got a basket to go, made it 68-62 with under five minutes left. And I think Wanakee might have taken a timeout, and you kind of sense the momentum starting to shift a little bit. But I think the momentum shifted right after was Monona Grove went to a press uh, press defense, Trying to you know, force Wanakee into a couple turnovers. Wanakee did a really great job where it was just pass, 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 work it down the court. Yeah. And I don't know who threw the lob, but Keaton Frisch was able to throw down an alley Yeah. And I thought just momentum changed right then and mm-hmm. there. And then from there, I think Monona Grove was only held to three points under that final five-minute stretch. Yeah. And a lot of that was just turnovers. Uh, they, I think they had three straight turnovers in a row, and I don't think there were terrible passes either. I think it was mm-hmm. just a couple were just deflections from, you know, that big Wanakee length that they got. You know, they got yeah. a lot of 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guys, and yeah. precious 6'7". And so, yeah. you know, they definitely using all that those inches to their advantage. And uh, they kind of kept Manon Grove in the game a little bit. They had missed yeah. some free throws a little bit down the stretch, but then uh, Dana McKenzie's son uh, – Caden. Caden McKenzie yep. was able to hit uh, two free throws in a row and then a couple more down the stretch, and then they were able to pull away from yep. it. So I think that was just a fun game on both sides. Wanakee can walk away from it being, you know, we're Badger Large champs, and, again, it's a competitive conference, mm-hmm. and that's something you can yeah. hopefully use towards a run towards a regional title and maybe mm-hmm. even a sectional title. And if you're Monona Grove, it's, hey, we beat Wanakee once, and we were able yeah. to be really close with them the second time around. On Wanakee's home floor. Yeah, <laughs> we played with a Division yeah. One team that's going to probably yeah. make a good run in postseason. We can go from here. We can build yeah. off yeah. this. Yeah. Things we work on, things we go from here. And just anything you want to add from Wanakee? Yeah, no, I I mean, it's 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 just it's, – I think it's kind of the same old story that it's been, you know, I'll see that it's kind of that way in football where it's the same old story every week. Well, it's kind of that way with basketball too. It's like they're a balanced team. They they usually get three, at least three guys in double figures, oftentimes four, sometimes five. It's usually led by Frisch, you know, who's kind of you know the real most talented player they have. But Caden McKenzie is a really good inside-out player who's about six three. Another football player who's physical. You got Jake Bova who's going to, I'll mention as we talk about football signees, he's going to UMD to play football. Um, Physical guard, who's probably about 6'2". You know, they don't have super big trees except for Frisch, but they've got so many guys who are in that 6'2", 6'3", range, and they're all just physical. And, you know, and and most of the times... like how you talk about the DeForest team. Yeah, right. The DeForest girls team. Right. They were just like a bunch of athletes of a similar size. Yeah. They can kind of do everything. They just have interchangeable parts, except for, I think, the coach's son, Eli Selk, is kind of their gunner. You know, he's the the three-point, you know, guy who can really snipe away from yeah, the I think outside. Yeah, had hit a couple of yeah. in the second half, too. And he has big games where he'll, he'll 
throw in like five or six threes or four threes and, you know, really open things up inside for Frisch and the rest. But they're a good rebounding team's physical defense. And you mentioned the press. They do a lot of that. And they pretty much play man the whole time. So it's, uh, you know, they wear you down. Yeah, it's it just would not shock me. Obviously, I know a lot of those teams are going to be in the same Division two sectional. Yeah. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me if one or two of these teams from the Badger yeah. just find a way to sneak out yeah. uh, and win a couple regional titles. Honestly, I, I thought Wanakee was, was going to last year, and they ran into a Milwaukee Academy of Science team, and I forget who their star was, but he went uh, crazy against them. Is it's it's their whole Hannah? team. What's his name? Hannah, maybe? Or am I getting? Might. I might get. I might be getting them confused with another Milwaukee. Yeah, school. I can't remember. Milwaukee Academy of Science yeah. was good. Yeah, they year. were really good. So yeah, they really, you know, they drew kind of the short straw there. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, so I thought they were really primed for a deep run until they ran into them. But that also too uh, to kind of transition a little bit to go from Wanakee over to Poinette because Ryan, you made the trip up to Poinette. Uh, one, how was your cell service up there for uh, highlights? And then secondly, how was uh, the game between Waterloo and Pointe? Worked perfectly. Wow. Everything sent off hey. without a dream, with like, like a dream, which I can't say about when I try and do the same in Waterloo. So we'll we'll take it. <laughs> but um, it felt like a very winnable game for the Pirates. These were a couple of 5-12 and 12 teams facing off against each other. And you know, Waterloo needed a, a boost, but they also needed Theo Schofield, who didn't play in the game. He's... Mm. Um, He's dealing with some medical stuff, and they, they hope to have him back later in the season, but did not have him for this one. Uh, had him for the Cambridge game, but didn't have him for the Parkview game that they won uh, the week prior. And it showed up today, because or not today, on Monday, because uh, Poinette was just so much bigger than, than Waterloo. And uh, guys like Brett Hackbart just went to town on them. Just yeah. He's got a pretty lethal spin move yeah. that – Waterloo just never kind of caught up to. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just was spamming that button. The button kept working, and he kept doing it. And he just <laughs> kept putting in these layups, essentially unguarded after his. Spin you know, move. he he usually hits a lot of outside shots too. He hit a couple threes yeah. too. I mean, he's a he's a multifaceted yeah, right. player for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, he he, did, he didn't end up with the game high in points though because Benny Marshall goes off for thirty one, yeah, which was not a, which was not even his highest total. In the past week, because oh, really? he put up 33 on Parkview the the, pre, the previous Tuesday, or Tuesday, I believe. There's a player of the week. Uh, yeah, yeah no kidding. Huh? Yeah, Benny Marshall has, has always been able to step up in the in when Theo's not playing, or even before Theo came to Waterloo when Benny was just a, was only a junior. He's always been the guy that gets buckets for the Pirates, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it, it came up a little bit short today, or not today. Jesus, Ryan <laughs> came up a little bit short on Monday. <laughs> But he was doing similar things to Hackbart as well. Just they could not stop him in transition. Benny Marshall was the most athletic player on that on that court, and it wasn't real close. And so he was like, "I'm just gonna run and jump," and threw down a big old dunk. I think had two threes. Just great game for him overall. But you know, the, the Pirates couldn't score around him. Obviously, he's, he had about half of their points. So never never something you like to see. But um, at, at one point, Poinet was up somewhere in the 15-point range. Oh. Waterloo cut it all the way back down, yeah. which is, says a lot about the, you know, that, that team will never quit. As much as you want to say about the Waterloo team and, like, how they may not be, you know, living up to potential expectations given the athleticism and talent on that team, never quit. I, you, you rarely see them get, like, truly, truly blown out. And they cut this one all the way back down, had a couple chances at the end. But um, uh, point at sophomore, I, I believe his name was Mason Frymuth. 
hit. I he went like seven of eight down the stretch from the free throw. Yeah, he it, yeah. He, he won that game for he them. He did. Yeah. He just hit almost every free throw possible. Like Waterloo yeah. wanted the sophomore to get the ball on the inbounds. He got it every time, and he just knocked him down. Mm. Won that game for him. So, ton of credit to him, and uh, credit to Pointe. That's a that's a nice non conference win for yeah. you know. Couple teams that don't win a lot of games, so I know that that felt good for the Poinette side, and uh, Waterloo is hoping to close things out. Now they got Wisconsin Heights coming up again, so they'll probably get another conference win, so that's cool. <laughs> um, but that's also something though you can kind of use if you get Schofield back, along with Benny Marshall putting up that production as well too. That's a nice kind of one-two punch to potentially have going into tournament time, where you could maybe put something together there. Waterloo is the definition of team you don't want to see in round one of the playoffs. Yeah, because like, if you're a high seed and you're like, oh, cool, we're gonna get to coast. It's like here comes a Sun Prairie transfer, six-five, you know, dunk all <laughs> over you all day and twice on Sundays. Yeah, I mean, just, and then also Benny Marshall and, lighting it up. Yeah. I will say, though, we had mentioned, you know, Benny Marshall, potential player of the week. I think uh, Andrew Kelly, McFarland, potential player mm-hmm. of the week as well, too. He scored a new career high in a loss. Um, oh, crap, who did they play? Um, yeah, uh, career high in a loss. I want to say it was 25 points he scored. Um, but then on Tuesday, uh, scored the game-winning offensive putback uh, against Baraboo as time expired. Mm. I got that note from uh, Mark Miller. Uh, on Twitter, and yeah, uh, when I talked with Coach Meinholt on Wednesday about it, it was tied 67-67. Um, Braylon Roeder had the first attempt at a potential layup for the win, couldn't get it to go, and I'm assuming then it was probably just a mad scramble. Andrew Kelly, obviously very athletic guard, you know, track star, football star as well too, uh, went up for the first rebound, didn't get that one to go, but then got it again got it to go through as the horn sounded so that's another potential player of the week yeah that, you know if adam's publishing group ever decides to do a player <laughs> of the week sometimes the pickings might get a little small but you know uh, those are a couple of guys we would definitely uh yeah. nominate for with sports you know athlete of the week uh th- those just kind of get my two cents but peter though uh we you had some athletes uh do some signings though this is kind of the second time uh of the recruiting period yeah uh, where guys can sign those letters of intent and sound like you had some guys sign yeah i'll just uh make a quick mention before i get into that uh south central navigators fed a rough year boys hockey but they came up uh they rallied to beat uh milton um with a big win they scored three goals in the third period uh to come up with a six four win so uh so now they're three and 19 so that was nice to see them but yeah um yesterday uh big day for football signings uh definitely in my area i i you know if you don't know how it works wednesday is my day where i'm putting out the paper so it's hard for me to get and of course when do they have the signings and the pictures always wednesday, wednesday like, <laughs> always wednesday like 7 a.m yeah, right. wednesdays are always the days where i try to take <laughs> off too and yeah, then it's right. always like ah wednesday yeah. eight in the morning come on in exactly and i'm like oh this is yeah. enjoyable but Right. So I missed I missed Lodi's, uh, and they had a bunch of guys, uh, of course, going to uh, – I think they got five guys going to Eau Claire, um, including uh, guys like Henry Kep and um, Josh Klon, you know, a lot of Brady Poles, you know, a lot of the mainstays from that state title uh, team. But they also got a, go- a couple guys – I think one guy's going to Platteville. I think they got a, a guy going to Carroll. 
Um, and of course, Mason Lane is going as a preferred walk on to UW to play for the Badgers. So, um, heck of an idea by Eau Claire, too. Just all right, yeah, we're just grabbing all these kids, yeah, from the state champion team, and we're gonna see what happens. <laughs> they got a ton well, of Sun Prairie kids, too. They yeah. got Kavanaugh and mm. uh, Dam, and uh, Curtis Johnson recently committed to them, a yeah. Sun Prairie East edge rusher. I think mm. Eau Claire's honestly on the up and up, too. they seem to be. I forget yeah. what their record was, but I want to say they. Might, no, or maybe it was River Falls. Maybe I'm getting them confused. Yeah, River, I think River Falls has been good. River yeah. Falls played very good. Yeah, this past they had a really fall. good yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah but uh, and you know, speaking of Eau Claire, they've been dipping into that Wanakee talent pool <laughs> as uh, they as signed. Uh, yeah, guys like uh, uh, from Wanakee, Danny Cotter. Um, offensive lineman uh, Nate Olson and linebacker Cole Savola all uh, signed national letters of intent to, to play for the Blue Goats. Um, Daniel Cotter is a defensive back. Um, so they got guys on all levels there. Um, yeah, talk to those guys. You know, they're obviously super excited to play together. Um, for the Blue Goals, and then you bring in those Lodi guys. You got Sun Prairie guys, a lot of guys from that area coming yep. and uh, playing uh, playing there. And then um, there's another trio of signees uh, for Wanakee yesterday um, going to University of Minnesota Duluth. Um, you got uh, Jake Bova, who I mentioned, uh, the guard um, on the basketball team, defensive back uh, for football. Another physical guy, but a you know really good coverage guy too. Uh, David Emmerich, uh, the playmaker, wide receiver for uh, you know Wanakee, who had such a big year, had so many great plays. You know he's only five nine, but man, he is an igniter. You know he's an igniter in hockey too. He scores a lot of goals, but you know he he just. You know he's he's really tough to take down. As uh, you know, I, anybody who remembers that state championship game mm-hmm. uh, for football, yeah, huge play at the end of the half, huge play close to the end of the game where nobody could tackle him until they kind of got him down. You know, he was able to score a touchdown. So not one guy. Ever. Yeah, right. I mean, he's just tough to take down. And then the third guy um, who's going there is uh, star running back Ben Lindley. So um, you know, talk to those guys. Uh, you know, a lot of them said that they really. Um, the reason why they chose UMD was coaching staff, sense of family, you know. And I think again, uh, like it is with Eau Claire, um, there's a chance to play with um, some guys that they played against on the high school level. You know, uh, Mason Keys, the DeForest quarterback, is up there. He's going to be a sophomore. I think you mentioned Ian Ackley from Ian Ackley uh, committed, uh, yes. some Prairie East, right? West. West. They're all um, state linebackers. Yeah, yeah, all state linebackers. So you know. A lot of those guys know each other, you yeah. know. I don't know if it, that was the case when I was in high school, but I think a lot of those guys know each other and, you know, yeah. talk and, and, you know, make plans to say, well, hey, every, let's every, go up there and turn that program around. Everyone yeah. works out together now. Yeah, Everyone's right. in the same off-season programs and mm. stuff. A lot of crossing of wires these right. days. Mm. And that's what happened so. with uh, McFarland uh, last year where I think it was Cooper Kennedy, Paul Morris, and Kyle Cuso mm. uh, all Signed their letters of intent to go to UW Stevens Point, and then Tyson White uh, is also up there as well too. Uh, so it's just always kind of funny yeah. where it's just like, go get these kids from these areas. Yeah, and right. It's, and it's one of those things. It's always cool seeing kids uh, go at the yeah. next level, and also to, to play with your high school teammates at the next right. level, forge that friendship on. Like, yeah, yeah, I definitely see why not. Uh, Ryan, did you have anybody sign at all or anything like that in the second signing period? Nobody I didn't know about. It, n- nobody I haven't written about. You know, Everybody kind of announced it on Twitter in the last couple months and then just put pen to paper on, on Wednesday. Yeah. So Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. And then uh, also uh, Caden Westpaw, uh, McFarland offensive lineman, uh, first-team all-conference uh, player. I want to say past two years he's been first-team all-conference. 
Uh, he officially signed his letter of intent for Bamanji State, I believe it's pronounced. Bemidji? Um, Bemidji. B- Bemidji. Yeah. I'm horrible with pronunciations. <laughs> like, I've seen uh, that school always get, like, a lot of, you know, yeah. Wisconsin players will go up there for D2 mm-hmm. yeah. uh, play, and, you know, West Paul uh, is definitely one of those guys yeah. that fits that bill. Uh, he had overcome a couple of uh, soldier sh- uh, injuries as mm. well, too, so just keep an eye out for a story on that. I had messaged him uh, on Twitter and got some really nice quotes about him. I wasn't unable to make his uh, – uh, recruiting signing just because uh, I had to take uh, my parents' dog to the vet for <laughs> for a second checkup since he's still a yeah. little pup, so he's doing good. Uh, but that was the one that I was like, dang it, I couldn't make it. But uh, <laughs> a fun week for West Paul. I pointed out on Twitter, uh, he signed his letter of intent on Wednesday, but then on Tuesday he also found out uh, was nominated for the All-Star Game mm, for football. Yeah, so that's cool. a pretty solid week for him. And yeah, uh, hopefully, it's also kind of interesting. We have a minute left, so I'll briefly fly through this i never understand the recruiting period because you had some guys signing their letters of intent on wednesday but then also too i know there's a really good lineman from catholic memorial who's announcing his yeah. decision today so i don't know if he signed yeah like last night i don't know how it works i don't either uh, robert booker signed a few weeks ago yep. you know from the wanakee yeah. tight end to go to uw so. yeah it's there's levels you know, to it yeah mm-hmm. it's stuff that i don't understand but anyway before maybe, we sign off Shout out Waterloo, swept Marshall and girls basketball first time since 06, 07. Wow, yep. good for the Pirates coming mm-hmm. through with a strong season. So, all right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Cap City Sportscast. Uh, for my colleagues Ryan and Peter, I'm Cal Steve. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you.